Respecting pedos? I don't think so. You will not believe the latest. Nancy Pelosi lied again. Apparently she's trying to, having a competition between Biden and Pelosi. Yeah. Biden's winning, but Pelosi's catching up. And the slob. We will have that and more coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. It's Wednesday. We made it halfway through the week. We are here. Happy Wednesday. Hope it's a good one for you coming up. We got all that and more on the show tonight. It is going to be a busy one. <coughs> Excuse me. And of course, Animal Farm. We'll continue with that. We're on the final chapter, chapter 10 tonight of Animal Farm. Our sponsor, one of them, our great sponsors on this show is Blackout Coffee. Amazing coffee company. Yes, Dan Bongino has his own blend over there. Check it out. Blackout Coffee. They are one of the sponsors on this show. And they are an American company with American values. They are all about the principles of conservative ideas, conservative values. The founders believe in the importance of hard work, personal responsibility, family, respect, American values. But, you know, that's not enough. You got to put out a good product. And let me tell you, Blackout Coffee is the most amazing coffee you will ever have. It is incredible. Folks, I'm a coffee addict. I drink coffee all day long. Got a cup of it right here. And from the first thing in the morning to the last thing at night, I've got coffee by my side. Blackout Coffee is the best coffee I have ever tasted. And I'm old enough that a lot of coffee's gone through these veins. This stuff is great. It's all done in-house. They have specialty green, specialty grade green coffee beans grown at just the right altitude, temperature, time of year, great soil. They work with co-ops, local co-ops and American farmers to create this amazing coffee bean. And then they have what's called a small batch roasting process. Not some giant, humongous, batch-roasted thing where nobody cares and it's just junk like that other crap you buy on the shelves in the supermarket. This is a small batch roasted. It is roasted, packed, and shipped usually 24 to 48 hours from the time you order. <clears throat> what you're getting at your door when they deliver is truly fresh roasted coffee and great coffee too. They've got all kinds of blends over there. You can check out all their signature blends. They also have cocoa and tea. If you're not a big coffee fan, they got you covered because they do an amazing assortment of flavored cocos and teas. Also check that out. Brutal Awakening, Morning Reaper, Smooth Finish, Pitch Black Espresso, mm, my favorite. Uh, Covert Op Cold Brew, uh, Low Voltage Decaf, and uh, what is that? That is a Southern Hemi Treasure Medium Roast Coffee. That sounds nice, too. All right, there it is. It's Blackout Coffee, and that's not all. Use the link in our show notes to get to the site and pl place your order. When you do put your order in, be sure you use promo code J20, J-A-Y-20. That will get you 20% off your first order. 20% off your first order with Blackout Coffee. Just buy a single bag. That's all I ask. Just go over there and buy a bag of coffee beans. Try yourself some blackout coffee. You'll be back for more, I promise. This is great stuff. J20 is our promo code at checkout. 
and you will get that amazing deal of 20% off your first order. Hey, Hal 9000 back in the live chat here tonight. I, you know what? This is so small, I can't really see what that icon is, but whatever it is, I think I love it. So, Ground Zero Hal 9000, one of our regulars here. Thank you so much. If you want to pop into the chat, feel free. Our live chat's open. I'm keeping an eye on it over here. And we will uh, reply, talk about whatever you want to talk about, and that's fine too. No problem. It doesn't have to just be the stuff that, uh, that we're talking about here. All right, before we get into our main topics tonight, I did want to, uh, I did want to apologize. Yeah, I actually have to put out an apology because... I was wrong. Yesterday, in fact, one of the main topics yesterday was Fetterman and his stupidity and the fact that people are saying in pictures he doesn't look like it's the same guy. And I said, look, that's beside the point. What's weird to me is how come all of a sudden this guy's as lucid, can put a sentence together, talks like he makes sense, even has sarcasm can perfectly well understand what other people are saying, whereas just a month or two ago, he needed a machine, an interpreter to be able to even get through a sentence. Well, I was wrong. Yeah. Here he goes, goes again, again today. today. Listen. Listen. My message to the, the, CEOs, the CEOs is, you know, it's $74 million, you know, collectively earning that. You know, how many yachts can they need, you know, to, to, yacht, to water uh, ski behind it? You know, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, I don't so um there you go apparently he's right back to the same old fetterman he always was still a slob still a moron still in a job he shouldn't have still completely disrespectful but apparently now he's back to not being able to put two sentences together in a row and make any sense in anything he says at all one more thing that just broke today, Fed Ray Epps, the man in all the Capitol videos, you've seen him a million times, we have to go into the Capitol, instructing people to storm the Capitol. He has been charged with a misdemeanor for disruptive conduct on restricted grounds, probably the least possible thing he could be charged with. Meanwhile, Men who weren't even present at the event on January 6th have been sentenced to years, in some cases, decades, in prison. As soon as President Trump is finished speaking, we are going to the Capitol. It's that direction. That's where our true problems lie. President Trump is done speaking. We are going to the Capitol. That's where our problems are. Okay, folks, we need your help. As soon as President Trump stops speaking, we are going to the Capitol. Capitals in that direction. Let people know. Spread the word. Fed, fed, fed. So, he gets charged with some lumpy little nothing when people, like I said, who were not even in the Capitol on January 6th have been sentenced, found guilty and sentenced, to years, in some case, decades in prison. If they think charging this guy exonerates him, makes them look good, oh look, everybody's being treated equally. Sorry, morons, it has exactly the opposite effect. If anybody doubted he was a Fed before this, 
Well, now there's no doubt whatsoever. Idiots. They just won't stop. Okay, people who just won't stop include pedos. I could put that word together. This is insane. Scholars are saying that pedophilia, attraction to children, normally sexual attraction to children, scholars are saying that it is a sexual orientation that should be accepted by mem members of society. No, I'm not kidding. Take a look and a listen, especially, to this. Hang on a second. Thanks. Okay, let's, we do not let's choose push this back. back. Hang on. Let me, let me reload this. Because you've got to hear it from the beginning. It's, it's that important. Here we go. We are not responsible for our feelings. We do not choose them. But we are responsible for our actions. And we must make a decision. It is in our responsibility to reflect and to overcome our negative feelings about pedophiles and to treat them with the same respect we treat other people with. We should accept that pedophiles are people who have not chosen their sexuality and who, unlike most of us, will never be able to live it out freely if they want to lead an upright life. We should accept that pedophilia is a sexual preference. Statistics indicate that there will be one or two of you who are struggling with some form of pedophilic interest. These people can't talk about their feelings because they know that they will be hated for it. I truly do believe that every person is longing for love at some point in their life. And what if this love that you really wish for will forever be impossible? That must be a really lonely situation to be in. No, it's a really illegal and sick situation to be in. These freaking people are sick. They truly believe this, and not only do they believe it, they're preaching it to you, trying to convince others that having some sort of attraction to children sexually is an orientation. It should be normalized. It should be respected. Not on my watch. I've said it from the beginning. It is one of the main themes of this show. Keep your freaking hands off the kids. And if you are involved with children, they ought to throw away the key when they lock your ass up in prison for the rest of your life with no possibility of parole. I am not a proponent of the death penalty. I know, I differ with a lot of my conservative friends on this, but the one, one of very few things that I disagree with is the death penalty. I am not in favor in any way, shape, or form. Yes, in answer to your question, I am more than willing to pay extra taxes to build more prisons to house these people and keep them locked up forever. 
Not a fan of the death penalty, not in favor of that at all. But lock him up, throw away the key, no parole. Normalizing this bullshit. Are you out of your mind? And these freaks are out there preaching this crap every single day of the week and people are buying it. And they're going after our kids in a lot of other ways too. This lunatic has been hired to write. She is a writer. There is a new Paw Patrol show on Nick Jr. You know Nickelodeon? Well, there's a Nick Jr., which is for an even younger demographic. This clip is from the show that she does for little kids, little kids, three, four, five, on YouTube. We are not exaggerating when we say these people are coming for your children. And you need to protect them from people like this. Take a look. Take, Take a, a listen. listen. A book called What's an Abortion Anyway? Lynn, what is an abortion anyway? Well, we're just going to have to find out in the book, Teddy. What is an abortion anyway? That's the book for Nick Jr.'s audience? Dump your Nick. Dump your Nick Jr. Do not let your kids watch this crap. Likely you plop your kid in front of the TV and walk away or their tablet or whatever. Know what they're watching. And this is some of the crap they are watching. These networks are force-feeding your children. Please, I'm begging you, be aware of what the programming on these channels is all about. Find out about it. When I find stuff like this, I'll put it out there to be able to warn you, but I can't find all of it, and there is a ton of it. And this crap has to stop. Nick Jr. Who owns Nick? Is it a Disney thing? Probably. I have no idea. But likely. Find out. Would you put it in the chat? Who owns Nick and Nick Jr.? That's likely Disney. All right, the New York Post, the FBI, which can't seem to find the uh, bomber, the pipe bomber, seems to be able to track down all the January 6th people. And uh, as if that weren't enough, <laughs> they've lost count. This headline appeared today. This is from the Post covering it. FBI lost count of how many paid informants were at the Capitol January 6th and later performed an audit, audit to find out the exact number. They lost count. They had so many paid informants at the Capitol January 6th, they lost track and had to perform a later audit to determine exactly how many confidential human sources run by different FBI field offices, were present that day. That's a former assistant director from the Bureau, and he's told lawmakers. At least one informant was communicating with his FBI handler as he entered the Capitol, according to Stephen Dantuono, formerly in charge of the Bureau's Washington field office. 
He testified before closed doors to the House Judiciary Committee. The office was fully aware before the uh, before the not that some of their informants would be attending a Stop the Steal rally thrown by former President Trump. But he only learned after the fact that the informants run by other field offices were also present. It was like everybody, gangbang. Some people had shown up of their own accord. Washington field office had to ask FBI headquarters to do a poll or put out something to people saying, were any CHSs involved, confidential human sources, so they could get a handle on the scale of the FBI's spying operations in the Capitol on January 6th. We started getting responses back from FBI headquarters, which helped identify which field offices had placed confidential informants in the crowd. There were so many CIs in the crowd that day from all over the country. They had no idea how many, and they couldn't keep track, and they had to do an audit to figure it out afterwards. Yeah. Not much of a setup there, is it? <laughs> Police. And Pelosi chiming in again. She lied. Former Capitol Police Chief Sund has testified he had three calls with Pelosi January 6th. Pelosi said they never spoke. Sund says he's got the receipts. <laughs> Tuesday, the House Admin Subcommittee on Oversight had a hearing called Oversights of the U.S. Capitol Security Assessing Security Failures January 6, 2021. Rep. Barry Laudermilk heads the subcommittee. Former U.S. Capitol Police Chief Stephen A. Sund testified. He's been outspoken of Nancy Pelosi and her failures to secure the Capitol that day. Widely reported, President Trump asked for the National Guard three days in advance of January 6th, and Pelosi turned him down. She refused to call the National Guard despite numerous warnings of possible violence, and you know why, because she wanted it to turn out exactly the way it turned out. In fact, I'm sure she was hoping that it would be even more violent than it was. Pelosi refused to turn over information about her culpability in the security breakdowns during the riot for a year, so-called riot. Sun, Capitol Police Chief, that fateful day not only confirms her culpability, along with the rest of the Democratic leadership, but Sun reports Pelosi utilized him as a scapegoat, forced him to step down as police chief. We all know now she was trying to obfuscate her own responsibility for the attack. Pelosi, the day after, blamed Sun for the security failures that day and insisted she never spoke with Sun the entire day. Well, he has refuted that claim, told the subcommittee he spoke with her three times while she was running around the building with her daughter's film crew. 
There's a transcript of the testimony and all the receipts that Sund has that he absolutely spoke with Pelosi three times, not no times, as Pelosi says. It is in this article from the New York Post, and I encourage you to check it out. Where's the link? Down there in our show notes. You can read the whole article for yourself, find out more, and find out exactly how Nancy Pelosi has managed to lie her way through another one. Incredible. Our justice system is so screwed, and not just with politicians, with common, ordinary folks like you and me. This is hard to watch. This is very, I'm going to warn you right now, this is hard to watch. There's a 68-year-old Delaware store owner. Name is Chang Su. He was struck over a dozen times with a hammer by suspect Calvin Ushery. It's on video. The security cameras in his store picked up this assault as it happened. There's not really any sound here. No need to play that. And like I said, hard to watch. Here is the incident when it happened. There is the suspect. Hit in the head with a hammer. One, two, three, four. Four times he goes down. The guy jumps the counter, continues to strike Mr. So. Pretty obvious what's going on here. It's right there on the security camera. Now, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. This is bad enough. There's more to this story as to what just happened to this slime ball. A court declared a mistrial after the jury could not come to a verdict following two days of deliberation. This is the kind of juries and justice system we have now in this police state country. It's right freaking there. And they couldn't come to a verdict? Are you kidding me? So they declared a mistrial. Absolutely insane. Like I said, that's, that's a hard-to-watch piece of video, but it's important you see it. Share it. Put it out on your social media. And that's not all. Othal Wallace, this from uh, Andy Ngo over on uh, X. He's a man accused of murdering a Daytona Beach police officer by shooting him in the head in 2021. He was only found guilty of manslaughter, the lesser charge in the case. At a trial, Wallace said he did it in self-defense, partially because he had BLM on his mind. He was captured on a black nationalist paramilitary compound near Atlanta, had a cache of weapons on him. 
One of his social media posts reads, One day I will take great pride and honor in getting me some pig's blood on my hands and boots. A jury has now found him guilty only of manslaughter. This is where we're at today. This is where our justice system is today. And this is why we need to fight back with everything we have every single day. Small bites, you're not going to make a big difference, but it doesn't matter. What matters is the little bites you take every day, saying no, saying I'm not going to do that. I'm not wearing your stupid masks. I'm not going to get another one of your poison clot shots. I'm not using your preferred pronouns. I'm not playing that game anymore. Not going to happen. Those are the kind of small bites. You saw the students, was it uh, Pennsylvania, who walked out of school because their school is going to allow uh, people to use, students use whatever bathroom they feel like their gender is instead of what gender they really are. Students said no more. They walked out. Good on them. See, small bites, those matter. Dr. McCullough, he's been in and out of the news, he's been banned off of YouTube, he's been edited, they've done everything they can to try and stop this guy from speaking the truth. Dr. McCullough, don't be fooled by the next big COVID lie. Lie number one, there's no early treatment for COVID-19, we should lock down and be fearful. Lie number two, Vaccines are safe and effective. Lie number three, the wave of excess deaths we're seeing and died suddenly phenomenon due to the long-term effects of COVID-19, not the vaccine. Dr. McCullough warned, do not fall for these fake narratives. The medical literature at this point in time is compelling. The vaccines are causing this enormous wave of illness. This is a very, very long cut from Dr. McCullough, but I put it in the show notes so that you could take it, watch it at your leisure. I can't play the whole thing on the show here because it's just too long, but it is jammed full of very important information you need to know about. So please check it out. The link is in our show notes and share it. Watch it yourself. Get all that information. Get as much of that information as you possibly can. But then more importantly, share it out. All right. This is from the Bongino Report. Uh, Dan Bongino's show, of course, here on Rumble. Hang on a second. Need some blackout coffee. Uh, Dan, Dan Bongino's uh, show here, which comes up at 11 after our show here on Rumble. And... Uh, he has a, uh, a, a, a another site called the Bongino Report, and they do little clips and news bits. Fetterman managed to embarrass himself again. You know, they made an exception. They loosened up the Senate's dress code just for this idiot, just for this moron. This is from the Bongino Report. The link is in our show notes. It's from Rumble. <clears throat> Fetterman addresses the Senate dress code and nobody has a clue 
as, as to, to what, what he said. said. Let me let me start with the most important matter facing our country at this dire moment, which is the matter of the Senate dress code, uh, which has recently been <laughs> recently been changed. Of course, of, of course, yes, yeah, no, of, of course. Um, I've heard about. I've heard that some people are upset about that, and the, the the right have been like losing their mind. You know, they're just like, oh my god, you know, dogs and cats are living together, and you know, like I said, aren't there more important things we should be talking about rather than if if I dress like a slob? Uh, yes, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene said that Senate no longer enforcing a dress code for senators is to appease Fetterman is disgraceful. Dress code is one of society's standards that set etiquette and respect for institutions. Stop lowering the bar. Uh, what, what do you say to that? Well, you know, her platform, you know, really, she runs on more and more dingling, you know, picks, you know, on uh, in the the, me the meetings uh, over in in the Congress. So I, again, uh, I I'm not really sure why she cares how I dress, uh, but you know, she really takes it a different way. What? What, what the, the hell, hell is he talking? You know, you know what? what? Never mind. The man, man is a slob. The man, man has absolutely no respect. respect. None. No respect for common decency. No respect for the office he, for whatever reason, holds. Absolutely incredible. Unbelievable. Nice job, Pennsylvania. Hope you're proud. One more for you, and then we'll get on with our uh, book here. We're reading uh, George Orwell's Animal Farm. And you know, a lot of times when we uh, when we do our last story here, it's something funny or some cute animal. But every now and then we find a story that is about somebody doing the right thing. And in this case, it was a veteran who was having a very bad moment. And a Connecticut police officer, Connecticut's my home state, grew up in Cornwall, Connecticut, there in the northwest corner. Well, this Connecticut police officer, huge hat tip to him. Take a look at what happened. This is his body cam. Take a look at what and how this police officer handled this vet who was having a really bad moment. What's going on, boss? <laughs> What's going on? I'm about to fuck with the, the VA hotline. Okay. For suicide. All right. Hey, well, I got you, man. All right. What branch you in? Army. Army? All right. Hey, my name's Kyle. All right. We'll help you out. All right, bud? I'm here with you. I'm here with you. All right. I'm going to start an ambulance over here to us, okay? All right, bud? Hey, no, 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 no. Hey, if I send you, it's, it's nothing on you, okay? State of Connecticut covers that. All right? Uh, can, I, can we step out of the car, boss? Just so we can talk? Uh, 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 yeah. A20. Okay, come in front of your truck, bud. A20. Starting an ambulance to the 6 8 off ramp eastbound. I'm with a vet who's on the uh, suicide hotline. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, man. Hey, hey. You have anything on you? No, no. Okay, is everybody checking? Cool. <laughs> Any appointments, bud? What? One? Well, hey, dude. It's a tough time for everyone in your position, all right? Relax, though. Hey, I'm here with you, okay? Here. Wow. 
That uh, apparently that was a Connecticut State Police trooper who could not have done a better job. Uh, that's where that video ends. I don't have the rest of the story, but looks to me like that guy knew exactly what to do and exactly what to say and dealt with this guy. There's a lot of other cops that may, might have taken a different route. But hats off, a huge hat tip to that Connecticut State Trooper who did an amazing job with this guy and hopefully got him the help that he needed. It's not easy. It never is. But uh, every now and then, every now and then, you get these guys who know what they're doing and do things the right way. Wow. That is deep. Okay, let's get on with our book. Animal Farm is what we're reading. We read books on this show in the last part. And uh, we've done mostly children's classic literature. We did Alice in Wonderland, The Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, Little Prince, White Fang, Jungle Book. And then uh, one of our viewers suggested we do 1984 from George Orwell, which we read through that, and then moved right on to Animal Farm, because we love George Orwell on this show. And uh, coming up next, we're going to be doing Lord of the Flies, which is also a fantastic book. We can't wait to get into that. We're on our last chapter. This is chapter 10. We begin tonight of first published in 1944, George Orwell's Animal Farm. Years passed. The seasons came and went. The short animal lives fled by. A time came when there was no one who remembered the old days before the rebellion, except Clover, Benjamin, Moses the Raven, and a number of the pigs. Muriel was dead. Bluebell, Jesse, Pincher were dead. Jones, too, was dead. He died in an inebriate's home in another part of the country. Snowball had been forgotten. Boxer was forgotten, except by the few who'd known him. Clover was an old stout mare now, stiff in the joints with a tendency to roomy eyes. She was two years past in retiring age, but in fact, no animal ever actually retired. The talk of setting aside a corner of the pasture for the superannuated animals had long since been dropped. Napoleon was now a mature boar of 24 stone. Squealer was so fat he could with difficulty see out of his eyes. Only old Benjamin was much the same as ever, except for being a little grayer about the muzzle, and since Boxer's death, more morose and taciturn than ever. There were many more creatures on the farm now though the increase wasn't so great as had been expected in earlier years many animals had been born to whom the rebellion was only a dim tradition passed on by word of mouth others had been brought who had never heard mention of such a thing before their arrival the farm possessed three horses now besides clover they were fine upstanding beasts willing workers good comrades but very stupid None of them proved able to learn the alphabet beyond the letter B. They accepted everything that they were told about the rebellion and the principles of animalism, especially from Clover, for whom they had an almost filial respect. But it was doubtful whether they understood very much of it. The farm was more prosperous now, better organized, 
It'd been even enlarged by two fields, uh, which had been bought from Mr. Pilkington. The windmill had been successfully completed at last, and the farm possessed a threshing machine and a hay elevator of its own. Various new buildings had been added to it. Wimpert bought himself a dog cart. The windmill, however, had not, after all, been used for generating electrical power. It was used for milling corn and brought in a handsome money profit. The animals were hard at work building yet another windmill. When that one was finished, so it was said the dynamos would be installed, but the luxuries of which Snowball had once taught the animals to dream, stalls of electric light, hot, cold water, three-day week, uh, were no longer talked about. Napoleon had denounced such ideas as contrary to the spirit of animalism. The trust, truest happiness, he said, laying in working hard and living frugally. Well, somehow it seemed as though the farm had grown richer without making the animals themselves any richer, except, of course, for the pigs and the dogs. Perhaps this was partly because there were so many pigs and so many dogs. It was not that these creatures didn't work after their fashion. There was, as Squealer was never tired of explaining, endless work with supervision, organization of the farm. Much of this work was a kind of the other animals were too ignorant to understand. For example, Squealer told them the pigs had to expend enormous labors every day upon mysterious things called files, reports, minutes, memoranda. These were large sheets of paper which had to be closely covered with writing, and as soon as they were so covered, they would be burnt in the furnace. This was of the highest importance for the welfare of the farm. Squealer said, still, neither pigs nor dogs produced any food by their own labor. And there were very many of them, and their appetites were always good. As for the others, their life, so far as they knew, was as it had always been. They were generally hungry, they slept on straw, drank from the pool, labored in the fields, in winter, they were troubled by the cold, and in summer, by the flies. Sometimes the older ones among them racked their dim memories and tried to determine whether in the early days of the rebellion, when Jones's expulsion was still recent, things had been better or worse than now. They couldn't remember. There was nothing which they could compare their present lives. They had nothing to go upon except Squealer's lists of figures which invariably demonstrated that everything was getting better and better. The animals found the problem insoluble. In any case, they had little time for speculating on such things now. Only old Benjamin professed to remember every detail of his long life and to know that things never had been, nor ever could be, much better or much worse. Hunger, hardship, disappointment being, so he said, the unalterable law of life.
And yet, the animals never gave up hope. More, they never lost, even for an instant, their sense of honor and privilege in being members of the animal farm. It was still the only farm in the whole country, in all England, owned and operated by animals. Not one of them, not even the youngest, nor even the newcomers who'd been brought from farms 10 or 20 miles away, ever ceased to marvel at that. And when they heard the gun booming and saw the green flag fluttering at the masthead, their hearts swelled with imperishable pride. And the talk turned always towards the old heroic days, the expulsion of Jones, the writing of the Seven Commandments, the great battles in which the human invaders had been defeated. None of the old dreams had been abandoned. The Republic of the Animals, which Major had foretold, when the green fields of England should be untrodden by human feet, was still believed in. Some day it was coming. Might not be soon. Might not be within the lifetime of any animal living now. But still, it was coming. Even the tune of Beasts of England was perhaps hummed secretly here and there. At, at any rate, it was a fact that every animal on the farm knew it, though no one would have dared to sing it aloud. It might, might be their lives were hard and that not all their hopes had been fulfilled. But they were conscious that they were not as other animals. If they went hungry, it wasn't from feeding tyrannical human beings. If they worked hard, at least they worked for themselves. No creature among them went upon two legs. No creature called any other creature master. All animals equal. One day in early September, Squealer ordered the sheep to follow him and led them out to a piece of waste ground at the other end of the farm, which had been overgrown with birch saplings. Sheep spent the whole day there browsing all the leaves under Squealer's supervision. In the evening, he returned to the farmhouse himself, but as it was warm weather, told the sheep to stay where they were. It ended by their remaining there for a whole week, during which time the young animals saw nothing of them. Well, Squealer was with them for the greater part of every day. He was, he said, teaching them to sing a new song for which privacy was needed. It was just after the sheep had returned on a pleasant evening when the animals had finished work and were making their way back to the farm buildings that the terrified neighing of a horse sounded from the yard. Startled, the animals stopped in their tracks. It was Clover's voice. She neighed again, and all the animals broke into a gallop and rushed into the yard. Then they saw what Clover had seen. It was a pig walking on its hind legs. And that's where we'll knock it off for tonight. We will finish George Orwell's Animal Farm 
tomorrow on the show. And then uh, starting, what well, that would be Friday, we will begin Lord of the Flies, an amazing book also. Hey, don't forget, please, while you're here, just hit that follow button. It's right over there. Easy little green oval there. It says follow. It's free, free for you. Absolutely free. And costs nothing. Helps the show out a lot. We really do appreciate that. Check out all of our sponsors and our show notes. Get yourself a great deal on some of their products from uh, NordVPN, Blackout Coffee, uh, Skillshare, all those great folks who are there for you. BarkBox. And uh, yeah, check out our deals. I got some really good stuff there. Also, our Jay Sheldon Show merchandise. You'll find that over there, too. I will see you again tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.